You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I'm NCBA's Director of Policy Communications, and joining me today is NCBA's Chief Executive Officer, Kendall Frazier. Kendall, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Ed. I'm glad to be here today. Well, we are in NCBA's D.C. office. Um, Kendall, what brings you to our nation's capital this week? I'm going to testify before the House Ag Committee on NAFTA and how important that has been to the U.S. beef industry. What uh, general message are you going to be sharing with the House Agriculture Committee? Do no harm. NAFTA has been a great asset to U.S. cattlemen, and here's why. We have developed both Canada and Mexico into two of the top five markets for U.S. beef around the world. Both of those markets approach a billion dollars in sales a year from U.S. cattlemen. That is very important. We're able to do that duty-free. In other words, there are no tariffs on our product going into those countries. So it's a big part of why um, exports around the world for U.S. beef are now worth over $300 per head on fed cattle. Absolutely. And obviously, one issue that always comes up seemingly uh, when we talk about the renegotiation of NAFTA is so-called mandatory country of origin labeling. And Cool reminds me of, you know, it's it's one of those things like a lot of issues. It sounds good when you hear it in a 10-second soundbite or see it on a bumper sticker, but it's also it reminds me of those uh, those Nigerian spam emails that you get from a Nigerian prince, and he says, just give us, you know, your financial information, and, you know, when our money comes through, we'll make you a millionaire. Basically, uh, we, this will solve all of your problems, but obviously it's a much more complicated issue than that. Um, what message are you sending this week on uh, mandatory country of origin labeling? Well, the message is that the World Trade Organization uh, has ruled on mandatory country of origin labeling, and if it were implemented, the United States beef going into Canada and Mexico would face substantial, almost a billion dollars worth of tariffs on our product going into both of those countries, which would make us less competitive in those markets. So we would risk $2 billion in markets. And the Canadians and Mexicans have been very clear that if we go forward with mandatory country and origin labeling, they will implement the WTO decision and put tariffs on U.S. beef. So the impact of that would be lower prices for U.S. cattlemen. Yeah, and uh, obviously this has already been tried. This was the law of the land for, I think, six years or so. And even on top of the WTO ruling, there were problems. It, it just talk a little bit about, um, you know, the cost and the benefit, the cost that the industry had to incur and and what kind of benefit or lack thereof we actually got um, at the supermarket. Well, the fact today that uh, there is limited use a voluntary country of origin labeling. And there are some companies that do that, but it is not widespread. Uh, if there was a demand for consumers to know where these products were coming from, the manufacturers would put that label on. Retailers would put that label on. Uh, if they even sensed there was a couple of pennies worth of demand from consumers, it would be there. So the marketplace is telling us there's not a demand from consumers for it. In addition to that, it added added cost to the industry with no benefit, and only half of the market was required to do that, that being retailers. Food service operations were exempt from it. 
So it was a flawed law to begin with. It just doesn't work. NCBA is not against somebody trying to do this on a voluntary basis. We say go for it. If you think you can develop demand for it, go for it. But we just don't believe that a mandated government program is appropriate here. Now, I just want to close with uh, just picking your brain a little bit, just out of personal curiosity. I know you've been with NCBA for, what, 30 years? 32 years. Can you just talk a little bit about, you've seen a lot of changes in the industry. You've seen this industry for decades, literally. Um, what, where is it going? Like, where do you think that the beef industry, the American beef industry and American cattle producers are going to be 10 or 20 years from now? I think the future is very bright, Ed. Uh, if we can protect the business climate for beef production in the U.S. and continue to have our beef producers be competitive in the world marketplace. And here's why it's bright. There's an increasing demand for protein around the world. And in the United States, in our grain-fed production system, we produce a unique product that no one else in the world, from a standpoint of quality and safety, can start to produce. Canada has a similar system, but it's on a much lower scale. So the demand is there. If we can get access into markets around the world, we've proven it time and time again in countries like Japan, Korea, the Asian markets, that there's a great demand for this product. And I think the future is very bright. Today, exports are about 14% of our production. I think over the next 10 years, you're going to see that. If we have access into countries around the world, close to 20%. So that will mean a lot of dollars flowing back into that beef production system, which eventually will get down to the cow-calf producer level. Okay, Kendall Frazier, thank you very much for joining us, and thank you for your leadership. Thank you, Ed. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until we meet again, eat beef and check us out online at beefusa.org or on Twitter at at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.